you know, we could accomplish so much more if we just had a plan, right? You know, the plan might be little, the plan might be say $500, but at least you have something you're aiming for. So when the decision comes up with, should I buy this? Well, I have a bigger goal in front of me. I want to get whatever. And, you know, if I knew that this was the trade-off, I might decide on the bigger thing Staying motivated takes work. If you don't work on your motivation, you become unmotivated. Join Umar Jang as he shares inspirational stories and tips to get you motivated to do whatever you need to do. This is the Motivational Voice Podcast. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Motivational Voice Podcast. This is session number 42. Have you ever stopped and asked yourself, am I doing this right? Is there something that I should change in the way that I manage my money? And since you became an adult, have you actually learned, and I mean truly learned, how to use your money? Or have you asked yourself why you use your money the way that you do? My guest today is a money subject matter expert, and she joins me today to talk about positive money habits that are sure to surprise you. And she's also going to share a bit about her story and what she learned from her own experiences with money. Let's bring her into the conversation. Rachel, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. Would you take a second and introduce yourself to our listeners and tell us who you are, what you do? Sure. My name is Rachel Murphy, and my story is, um, you know, like m- most young couples, my husband and I, we started out our lives um, really excited about the future, thinking we were going to do all kinds of great things. Mm. And uh, we started a internet service provider. This was back in the 90s, wow. uh, when you had to dial in to right. the internet. <laughs> that, was and, that weird noise in the background. Yeah, so loud and annoying. And... We didn't grow as quick as we thought we would, and it was really expensive, the equipment, all of that back then. And we found ourselves just struggling, and we were surviving off our credit cards. And we ended up selling that business, but uh, along with it, we ended up $50,000 in debt. And and we determined we were going to pay that off. We didn't know how. Uh, We had trouble finding work. My husband uh, went through three layoffs in nine months because this was the time of the dot-com crash. So, you know, we find ourselves no job, you know, Mm. in a bunch of debt and, you know, just struggling to survive. And we totally did not believe in ourselves. We had the mentality that we were losers. You know, we can't make anything work. Nothing Mm. seems to work for us. Uh, we had gone through, we had lost a baby during that time too. So we were just really emotionally, you know, depleted, but we were determined to pay it off. And so we spent five years paying that off. We were making less than 30,000 a year, uh, but we managed to pay it off. And we determined that we were, when we had kids, we were going to train them financially to be financially smart with money so that when they grew up and got out on their own, they wouldn't have to struggle like we did. Uh, You know, I think a lot of people in our generation, uh, in my generation, they were 
they were not taught about money by their parents or they were not taught in a way that they really could learn it. Their parents may have lectured them or told them don't get into debt, but really they didn't internalize those lessons. And, you know, I think part of it's because money is so taboo, but then part of it is because, you know, our parents' generation here in the U S we, you know, when they grew up, if they, they couldn't spend more than they made. They didn't have credit cards growing up. So they didn't have to learn those lessons. So then our generation came along, uh, the first generation that really had access to credit cards. And our parents didn't think, oh, maybe we need to, you know, think more about how we need to teach these kids about credit. Because they didn't have to deal with that. So that it wasn't even a thought to them. And so now we have this generation that's grown up and their parents didn't teach them. And now they're becoming parents of teenagers And I just like, you know, um, like you, I have a podcast where we teach teens life and leadership skills. And I just kept asking people, you know, what do you wish you'd had learned as a teenager? And the number one answer people always said was, I wish I had learned about money. And so I'm like, oh, I got a story about that. Yeah. (laughs) So we just started teaching people how we taught our kids. And that's that's how this all came about. Yeah, there's yeah, there's definitely a lot to to unpack there. I was listening, but I was also thinking about the that having a, a positive money mindset, right? How do you have a healthy relationship with money? And, and we'll certainly talk about that. But one question that comes to mind uh, is that, and actually, for those who don't know, the dot com uh, boom or bust period was uh, back in the two thousands. Everyone was creating companies. The internet was was booming. And a lot of people, a lot of companies came about and the stock market was doing very well, but everything just imploded on itself. And a lot of people uh, found themselves in, in a lot of hurt financially. Um, and it sounds like you you got, you got were one of those people. Okay. Now, talk to me about what it felt like to to find yourself in a situation where maybe well, you, you're 50K in debt, you are trying to figure out where how you're going to make up that, that deficit. What are some of the things that you, you did at first to, to figure out how to get out of that hole? Right. Well, we went round and round about whether we should declare bankruptcy or not. Like mm-hmm. it was a major topic of conversation many, many times. And we have an agreement in our house. If one of us doesn't feel right about something, we don't do it. So um, Keith had made an appointment, my husband, to go talk to the attorney. We were, we were heading that way because we just didn't see a way out. And so I really re- relate to people that are in that situation because it is very stressful on your marriage and you feel very hopeless when you feel like you don't have a way out. Um, and he, he came to me and I'm just like, I just don't feel right about it. I, I don't know. You know, I don't know what we're going to do, but I just don't feel right about it. And he's like, okay, we're not going to, we're not going to go through with it then. And so it is kind of like when you don't know how you're going to do something, but you make the decision to do it in a way finds itself, you know, and it wasn't an easy way. It was really, really hard for a lot of years. Um, He drove a taxi for six years um, just because he felt, you know, the mindset, he felt like he could not get back into IT because nobody, he got rejected so Mm. many times, you know? Um, So we, 
um, lived in a really bad neighborhood. <laughs> and this was rejected. Uh, I'm so sorry to interrupt, but this was no. he got rejected from from job offers, jobs that yeah. he had to. Okay. Job offers, and then there was just no job offers out there for a, yeah. a long time, and he just kind of gave up and didn't and quit looking. And wow. so, yeah, we were living on a taxi income, which was not much. We made less than thirty thousand, the average in that five-year period where we were digging out. So we were pretty frugal. Um, we lived in a pretty bad neighborhood. We, we, we bought a car that cost $1,500 and it was a stick shift and I really couldn't drive a stick shift, but I, I needed a car. Shift. Yeah. I needed a car. So, uh, I, I learned how to drive that pretty fast. Yeah. Um, we didn't go out much, you know, we, we were really frugal with how we cooked. Um, uh, it was just a, a period. And I think it, the things like that, when you go through hard situations like that, the thing that makes it possible is, you know, it is only a season, right? You know, if, if I had to think like, this is going to be the rest of my life, which sometimes it did feel like that, yeah. but you know, you know, this will eventually end and, right. and that gives you hope, you know? Yeah, that's a good point in that when you're going in the, in the tough situation, you are it feels like you know it's like that that code that's overused when you're going through hell right sometimes you just want to give up don't and, stop and, yeah and burn, but you really shouldn't stop you should keep going right, right. Um, so I'm, I'm hearing a few things frugality you 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 made some decisions in terms of okay how do we get out of this situation and someone who's listening and who might be in the same situation and who's having issues with money and maybe even money is a sore discussion point in their relationship and is about to ruin everything because you know when you bring it up it it causes fights right what are some of the what advice would you give to them in terms of some of the things they should prioritize i think you we talked about you know being frugal we're basically talking about living within your own means but what are some of those maybe two to three things that they absolutely must focus on to get out of this uh, situation you know I'm in a totally different place now than I was back then. And if I could give advice to my former self, I would say work on your mindset. That will totally change everything. It doesn't matter where your income is. You know, you can, if your mind is right, you can, you can get, you know, you can make leaps and bounds hmm. in your career, in your, you know, financial life. Um, because we were trapped by our mind for a long time. Like we just had given up, you know. In in what way? That you believed that you weren't good enough or you couldn't make it? Yeah, kind of like just existing, which I think is where a lot of people are. Like this is as good as it's going to get. Let's just get used to it, you know. Like not seeking to improve, not seeking what classes could I take, what who could I surround myself with to uh, improve my life. You know, nowadays, back then, we didn't have all the resources we have now. There are so many podcasts out there. You yeah. know, if I had to do it again, I would listen to podcasts nonstop. And just because I just know what it has done for me in the last few years. When I discovered podcasts, I was like, what? There's like this whole like free universe of education right here that I can use to learn about anything pretty much. There's a podcast for pretty much any subject you need you know um very true yeah yeah so i would just focus on what do i need to do to get out like do you need more education do you need mm. 
uh, a better circle of, of people around you? Can you join any groups, you know, that you can network with who, where can you put yourself to help improve your situation? Because where you are now does not mean you're going to be there forever. Yeah. So does this mean that they would basically have to, to set some con- con- some goals, some concrete goals in terms of, okay, we're here right now, things are going bad, but looking forward six months from now, three years from now, five years from now, what are some of the steps that we need to take right. to, to get out of this really? Yeah. And, yeah. and re-executing on those goals. Is that what, what we're thinking? Yeah. Goals, goals make a huge difference. Like, so many people don't set goals or have them in their head and never write them down. And I feel like, you know, we could accomplish so much more if we just had a plan, right? You know, the plan might be little, the plan might be say $500, but at least you have something you're aiming for. So when the decision comes up with, should I buy this? Well, I have a bigger goal in front of me. I want to get whatever. And, you know, if I knew that this was the trade-off, mm. I might decide on the bigger thing because I have it in my mind. But if I'm thinking, Oh, it's just, it's just a little $5 item. You know, if I had known all of these $5 items would add up to me, not getting this, then, you know, it just helps you keep focused. Yeah, no, that's a good point because that latte doesn't seem like much of an expense, but when you add it up over 30 days, six months, it turns into hundreds and potentially thousands over the, over time. Right. And it's not, you know, I'm not against getting a latte um, if I know what I'm going towards. Right. We're not anti-latte. You know, I know a lot of people that poor David Bach and his latte factor, everybody jumps on him. Um, But, but, you know, it's one thing if like for me making a budget and having sinking funds, like I have these, this is set aside for something later. You know, this is this is how much I need for these categories. It, it takes away the guilt when I buy something fun for me because I know the categories have money in them, right? Yeah. A lot of people just kind of spend. It's in there's money in the account, so I'll just spend, and they don't think about well, I'm, later I'm going to have the rent payment. You know, you can spend guilt free if you know where your money's going. Yeah, that that's a good point. How much does having a budget have to do with with managing money well right budget budget i said i use the word budget a lot myself but you know it sounds so confining i mm. i think of more like a spending plan this is how i'm going to spend my money um yeah if you don't know where it's going then in anything if you don't know where you're at and where you're going then how will you get where you're going it's like having i'm going to go on a trip i really want to go on a trip but i have no map I don't know how long it's going to take to get there. I have, you know, no budget for where I'm going. You know, you if you don't have a plan, you'll never get where you want to go. You'll end up somewhere maybe on the other side of the, you know, US instead of right. I was trying to go to Atlanta, but over I'm over here in LA because I didn't really I just got in the car and started driving, you know. I didn't look at the map, I didn't look at the directions, I didn't uh, have any kind of plan and then it will end up costing you way more than you ever thought it would, right? Yeah. Yeah. For those who who want to, maybe they've been working for a while now, they are starting to see st- stable income, and they want to perhaps build a future. And talking about those foundations about money and building, really building down that foundation that allows you to, 
to really reach and buy the things that you want to buy. What are some some things that they would need to do in terms of maybe it's saving money, maybe it's taking some some good steps towards those goals. What else, what what advice would you give to people to have just a better relationship with, you know, how do you use that money to build that foundation? Getting our mind and our habits right is very important for our well-being. That's one of the reasons why I started this podcast. But taking care of our bodies and especially what we put in it is equally as important. That's why I try to take those gummy vitamins every morning, but I can't for the life of me remember to take them consistently. So I was recently introduced to a better option from Athletic Greens. It's called AG1. When you take AG1, you're getting 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adoptogens, and they help you start your day right. This blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, immune system, energy, recovery, focus, and even aging. What's amazing about this product is that it contains less than one gram of sugar and has no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or anything artificial, but it still tastes good. And Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews. So right now, you can reclaim your health and strengthen your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water daily. That's it. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-boosting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com forward slash emerging. Again, that's athleticgreens.com forward slash emerging to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. You know, you think about it, the complaint of pretty much everybody is I don't make enough money, Mm. which is a crazy, crazy statement. If you think about it, because we all make different amounts. We all have different numbers of people in our family. We all live in different parts of the country where the cost of living is different. You know, we all have different size houses. Um, how can everybody have the same problem? And it's because they never learned, you know, yeah. how to live within their income. You, you know, a lot of people say, well, I don't have the money to save. I'll save later. But if as a young person, if you can start, you know, from the beginning, pretending you don't have a certain amount of your whole budget, you know, your whole income, say 10%, 10% automatically is forgotten. You know, what if you had gone and gotten that job and they offered you the job, but it was 10% less? Would you have still taken the job? Probably. So just pretend that they were paying you 10% less and I hide that money away, you know? Yeah. Uh, the, the, for a young adult, the big, the big things that I think make a difference is automate as much as you can, you know? So if you can automate your savings to go straight into your 401k or your Roth IRA or whatever, then it becomes something you don't even have to think about. The more times you have to think about something, like if I have to decide every month, I'm going to put this into this account, it becomes a lot harder than if it's automatically taken out of my account. The the IRS learned that years ago. You know, they didn't used to take it out of your paycheck automatically. They used to 
come to you at the end of the year and say you owed it and nobody ever had the money. But they learned if we take it out every month automatically, it, we won't have to worry about that. So take a lesson from the IRS. Yeah, so it's that idea that if it's out of out of sight, it's basically out of mind. So if you can get that money flowing into whether it's a savings or a checking, whatever, right. an account where the money just goes automatically there before you see your paycheck, right. you are less inclined to hold on to that money and not save it. Right. That's yes. yeah, that's a good thought. Yeah. If you take it, if you put it, you know, if you set it up through your work where it's going into your 401k or something like that, what happens if you change your mind? It's a lot of work to go switch that around. So you'll be just like, I'll figure it out, right? I'll yeah. figure it out. Talking In talking about this, I'm thinking about uh, an article that I read. I think it was a, a year and a half or a couple of years ago about uh, most Americans would be in big trouble or would not be able to pay a $500 emergency bill. Right. So the yeah. reason I'm, I'm bringing this up is in terms of savings, should people be saving money? Are people saving enough? What we should do? I mean, I know we talked about putting that money aside, uh, sight unseen, but is that enough or is this a completely separate savings plan to put that money aside so you have money for emergencies when that happens? Right. Yeah, you should have an emergency fund. Like, that would be my first goal. If I was a if I was a young person starting out, my first goal would be save my emergency fund. Three months of expenses would be a good goal, you know? Yeah. Um, before I started putting money into a 401k that I can't get out, out if I have an emergency, right? Mm. Um, or a good goal would be, let me just get one month ahead of my expenses. You know, a lot of people spend pay this month's expenses with this month's pay. And that, and then they end up with $2 in their account after they pay their bills. You know, if you, if you could just work a little bit extra, you know, take a deliver pizzas or, you know, take on a couple extra jobs so that you can get up enough money to be one month ahead. And then you start paying this month's expenses with last month's income. Hmm. That just relieves a lot of the stress of I am living on the edge. You know, I have no margin and it just gives you a lot more peace. You know, like I'm not constantly stressed about what if this bill comes out early or what if I spent more on something than I planned on or what if my kid has an unexpected expense? You know, it just kind of relieves a lot of the stress, uh, similar to what an emergency fund would do. But if that if if you need something to focus on, say I just want to get one month ahead, you know. Yeah, yeah. Now, one thing I, I wanted to touch on also was, obviously, there are people who are more stable where they are in terms of of finances, and there are those who are just maybe beginning. Uh, they just graduated from college, maybe, and they're becoming adults and they're moving into their own place. They are starting to to really have the freedom of, it's my money, I can do whatever I want. Uh, what advice would you give to those in terms of what to watch out for and what, what to do or not to do? Yeah. Yeah, that can be hard because if, if you've been used to your parents telling you what to do all the time and all of a sudden you're free, you know, you have to start adulting. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, you are free to do whatever you want, but you have to think about the long term. You know, do I want to enslave myself to the credit card company for the rest of my life? Or, you know, which is what will happen if you start spending more than you make. Um, you know, you can build a lot of wealth on a 
middle-class income if you start when you're young, right? Have you ever seen that illustration mm-hmm. where, you, you know, you, the, the penny doubled? Yeah. You, know? um, the, you have the advantage of time. And if you don't inflate your lifestyle, you know, the creep, lifestyle creep that a lot of people experience, you know, if you start out young, you know, I, I'm telling my kids, Hey, if you can, for your, your first place, you live by a duplex, live in one half, rent out the other, you know, and that will pay for most of the mortgage. And then when you're ready, you got, you got a family, you want to move to a bigger house, keep that rent it, you know, um, a lot of people, they get, they get if, oh, I got a new job. And then they immediately, expenses immediately blow up to meet that. Job. You know, I got to go get out mm-hmm. a new car, a, a bigger place to live. You know, if you can live simply at the beginning, you can build so much more wealth than if you immediately try to account for all the money. You know, I got to spend it all. You really right. don't have to. Yeah. <laughs> you really don't have to. Yeah. And you alluded to the uh, the penny doubled. I want to make sure my listeners understand what, what we're talking about. Can you just elaborate on that uh, a little bit? I know it's, it's about the power of saving and, and over time and interest. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure exactly of the numbers, but it was like, would you rather have a million dollars right now or would you rather have a penny doubled every day, every day for 31 days for a month? Right. And you would think, oh, a penny doubled, that's not going to account for very much. And it doesn't account for very much like the first 20 so days. But then near mm-hmm. the end there, it starts like really getting to large numbers and you end up with with more than a million dollars if you take the penny. So a lot of people, you know, they negate the fact that, you know, it's just $5 I'm putting in my savings it's not that much you know but if you did it you know consistency is the key in most most any good habit you have whether it be you know diet um money marriage any you know if you can be a consistent person you can accomplish a whole lot of stuff (laughs) yeah no i can certainly attest to that i think it was, I think it was last year or I was not sure why I just decided to put, I think it was 50 bucks in, in a separate account just to see what, what would happen. Forgot about it. And uh, before I knew it, I went to check my balance and it was a considerable amount, right? To the point that it paid for Christmas gifts and and, and a lot more, right? So right. yeah, absolutely. I think that it's, uh, it's good for people to know that just get in the habit of setting money aside and and letting that go, right? Yeah. Not, not touching it. That's important because you got to build your financial future. Um, and and yeah, a budget, so. a budget. A lot of a lot of people don't realize this, but a budget is not something you do once and then that's it for the year. It is something mm-hmm. every month you look at and say, "Oh, what do I have coming up that's different?" You know, it's it's not. Oh, this is the budget, you know, like you, you spend hours and hours working on it and this is going to last me the rest of my life. No, it's, it's a fluid thing. It's going to change as your life changes you're going to have unexpected stuff one month that, you know, Oh, there's lots of birthdays coming up. I need to start putting more money aside for that. You know, a lot of people Christmas comes and they're all surprised. Like it didn't come, like they had no plan for it. You know, like it comes every year, right? Your, your car insurance comes, you know, for some people every six months, but they don't put the money in the budget for the car insurance. Um, you know, you have to think about these things 
uh, as you're starting out. It's kind of what we do with our kids. We start our kids when they're fifth and sixth grade. Start They start handling the budget. Um, mm-hmm. We think about, you know, what is something that is important to them, that relates to them, that they would be invested in, you know. And we start turning over, you know, we start when they're really little and it's not much. You know, maybe... Mm-hmm. Maybe you buy snacks for your kids at the store. What if you just gave them a monthly amount and said, hey, this is your snack money. When it's gone, it's gone, right? Or or school lunches, you know? Yeah. They like buy school lunches. Here, what if you gave them that money the beginning of the month and they had to manage it? And then if it's out, they got to pack a lunch. You know, it's not it's not hurting them to a large degree to have to pack a lunch. But what if they don't learn those lessons? You know, they get out on their own. And it's, you know, $5,000 an unexpected credit card bill because they didn't think about, you know, when this is runs out, this runs out, right? So every year we add more responsibility and they get a higher salary. And by the time they graduate, they've, they're dealing with, you know, 15 categories, you know, they do their own haircuts. They, mm. whenever we go out for food, they do that. They do school supplies, they do gasoline, you know, so they get the practice of how do I budget every month for different amounts, but they start small. So it's not overwhelming. And then, you know, they gradually get gain confidence mm-hmm. and they gradually, they ask, have time to ask questions in a safe environment. Cause if no one teaches you and then we send you out on your own and you're in college, you're not going to ask your friends cause you don't want to look stupid. You know, right. <laughs> you gotta be cool. So you're not going to ask your friends, how do I budget? You're just going to kind of wing it, which could be disastrous, you know? So they learn how to reconcile. They learn how to account for sinking funds because, you know, you don't have girls, you have boys, but girls' haircuts can cost a lot of money and they don't do them every month. So that's kind of their version of the insurance payment. You know, you got to set aside a little bit every month so that when you go get the haircut, the money is there, right? So, you know, if you have kids, if if your listeners have kids who are in that age, preteen, teen, start you know, you may not, not have been taught about money yourself, but that doesn't mean you can't teach them. And yeah. I, you know, the many schools are starting to learn financial literacy is important. We need to start doing this, but there's really no guidelines. So who knows what each school is doing, right? But they have done studies and they have found there's three things that determine whether kids will get the lesson or not. You know, if we just tell, if we just do it, if our financial literacy is like, John went to the bank and put in a thousand dollars and he earns interest at 10%, how much money does John have? Do you think the kid would really internalize that? No, it's just, it's a word problem. It's just a math word problem. It's not anything that relates to their life. But if you give them, hey, this is your clothing money for the, for the month, use it wisely because when it's gone, it's gone. Then they start like, oh, um, I better wear this, you know, if I'm going to buy it, I better wear it. I don't, you know, I don't uh, wear clothes and not, or mom doesn't buy me clothes that I never wear, you know? Yeah. So they start in turn. So the three things they found is, is it relevant? So find something in your kid's life that's relevant that, that would relate to them. Um, is it interactive? Are they a part of it? And is it repetitious? Yeah, that makes sense. I have my own kids, of course, and our approach has always been when they were younger to to make sure that they understood the value of money. And one of the things we did is if they wanted a, a console for Christmas or 
a gift or we would say, well, you have to contribute. You have to sell those five toys that you haven't used for a year, put out some of the money, and then we'll pay for the difference. We'll, right. Right. And then they started realizing then slowly the value of money. And even now, they, they've been driving for a number of years now. And we used to tell them, don't drive everywhere. You don't have to. You're using up gas. You have to understand that. They didn't care. But the moment we start asking them to put gas in the tank, then they started to be more careful and to be like, wow, gas is expensive. I'm like, yeah, we've yeah. been telling you that for a while. <laughs> so that practical application. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's like when, when we, our kids started, you know, they get, we used to, we go out once a week to eat or we used to, and they would get money at the beginning of the month for their restaurant budget. And, you know, when mom and dad go out to eat, cause we got five kids. So, you know, sometimes it was, everybody's getting water, you know, and when, as a parent, when you say that, it's like, you feel like everybody's mad at you for that. Okay. <laughs> they have their own restaurant budget now. And I hear, I'll have the water, you know, like, like, cause they know if I don't spend it here, I can spend it on something else. That's more important to me. Right. Yeah, definitely. Now I know we're shutting, running short on time, but I wanted to ask you, what do you wish you knew about money? before you, you you learned everything you learned about money now. What do you wish you knew about money back then? That it is not as hard to be successful as it as at it as most people think. You know, it's it's only like 20% knowledge and 80% behavior. And there is a point where you have to be making a certain amount. You know, I I, I I'm not saying that, you know, everyone has a problem with management. There is a minimum amount you really need to make to survive. Um, but for many people, it is mostly a management problem. And if they really had their goals nailed down and knew what they were aiming for, it would be a lot easier for them to uh, focus themselves. Like, you know, if they knew, hey, if I didn't do this, I could get to go on this vacation over here. You know, if they could see the trade off, it would be a lot easier. Yeah, good point. Now, Rachel, I know you have a podcast. Where can people get in touch with you if they wanted to follow up or, or talk to you more? Yeah, sure. Um, I actually am setting up a page just for you um, and awesome. your listeners. If you go to rachelmurphycoaching.com slash voice, you're going to see um, a link to our podcast for teens and a link to my book. And I will have some freebies on there of the top three books that I recommend for teens about money and a spending tracker. So if you're like, oh, that sounds like a cool idea, like turning over stuff to my kids, how do I start that? Um, I just made up a tracker where like anytime you spend something for your kids, start writing it down and that'll give you do that for a while. And it'll give you an idea of how much you really are spending. And you're like, you might say, hey, I want to turn this part of it over to them. And what is your book uh, called? I am not your ATM. I love that title. <laughs> Great. Any final words, uh, Rachel, before we wrap up? Yeah. I just uh, I just want to tell people that you can do this. Like, I believe that you have the power to change your financial life. And you don't, you're not, you know, I remember how when we were so uh, beat down and I just felt so hopeless and just hearing other people say, you know, you can figure a way out. You can do this just made a huge difference to me. And and because I have been there and come out of it, I feel like I have, you know, 
the ability to say, you can do this because I did it, right? I'm not somebody who's never been there trying to tell you, you know, oh, it'll be all right. You know, I'm not minimizing what you're going through or what, you know, your past, but I'm saying that you have the capability in yourself to do great things. Awesome. Great advice. Well, thank you for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me. I had a great time. That was my interview with Rachel Murphy. Whether you were taught about money or not, my goal in having these conversations, as always, is to bring you actionable tips and advice that, if anything, can open your mind to topics that I feel can make a difference in your life or get you to think about a familiar topic just a little bit differently or see it from a different angle. I hope I accomplished that in today's episode. So here's your homework for today. I'm kidding. There is no homework on this podcast. But if I were to give you an actionable item or an action item to take away, it would be this. Set up an automatic deduction, money that comes out of your paycheck and goes into an account sight unseen. Even if it's a small amount of money and completely forget about it. Next time you have an emergency, you might just thank yourself for having set that money aside. You can find the show notes for today's episode on my website at umarjang.com forward slash session 42. If you've enjoyed listening to the podcast, please rate it and follow it on your favorite podcast app. This is really helpful for two reasons. One, it helps more people discover the show. And two, it motivates me to keep cranking out more episodes of the podcast to better serve you. Thank you for listening and thank you for spending part of your day with me today. Until next time, please stay safe and motivated. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to the Motivational Voice Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe and rate it on iTunes. Get show notes and the latest blog posts at omarjang.com.